Hello and welcome to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. This week's podcast is different than usual as we take you behind the scenes of a match day here at the Cleric Stadium. It's just after 9.30 on Saturday morning and I'm standing outside the gates ahead of Congleton Town against Tiverdale. There's still over five hours to go before kick-off, but the preparations have already started. First to arrive was Becky Young, who runs the clubhouse, closely followed by Adam, the social media admin, kit man and, well, anything else that he's asked to do. And here he is, already in the home dressing room, putting the home kit out. I'll open up the changing rooms and then I'll, I'll get the kit ready. I'll um, put the sweets on the physio bed. There's about 20 gallons of, of Harry Balls and, and whatnot on there and a couple of rolls of tape. Then I'll put the, start putting the kit out, make sure all the hangers are facing east or west, um, just to make sure that they're all in unison. And then just put the kit out in peace and quiet with no, no hustle or bustle or people trying to eat sweets. So I'll get here nice and early. Just preparing the, the day for the lads so there's there's no like stress or worries for them they don't have to worry about you know where where there's any clean socks or or where's the tape you know if you've got any spare tape or the other week I bought Duffy some some pens and some markers because they they go missing on on our travels and stuff so he's got a, a nice selection of whiteboard markers and ballpoints. Every match day every home match day do you always lay it out in different numbers because I've, I've realised that some people might start in number order and go from one to, to however many shirts there are, but you seem to have a different way. It's just potluck, really. The lady, Jan, who washes the kit for me, she just puts them in there randomly, so it's a bit of a lottery. So some days I'll start with 17, some days I'll start with two. And two is, to, like, Markle's, the Sicilian Bulldogs shirt is the dirtiest shirt we find after, after the game when she come and, comes and collects it, so we always ask, like, how's number two? And what's involved in the kit? So what, what do you have to put out on a match? So we put out the shirts, the shorts, and then I'll, I'll put the black socks in a, a washing basket so they can, they can pick and choose if they want cut-offs or, or the old-school socks. I'll put the training tops out, folded nicely underneath the shirts on the bench. Dave Parton, I'll always um, make sure he's got some black shorts and a training top. And sometimes, if I remember, I'll always fill a bottle of water up for him. I know he likes his, his, his water, you know, nearby him. And then just make sure he's got the right socks. Make sure the training tops, the zip-up training tops are all washed. So I'll wash them in-house. Um, just after the game, I'll always put them in the wash, so I'll put them in a, ba- a box for him. Make sure that the bibs are smelling nice and not smelling like, I won't say the word. Make sure everything just smells nice and, and presented nice for the lads. And is it all about just setting that standard, make, making sure that when they, when they arrive, everything's set out and actually sets the, the standard for the rest of the day? Yeah, I'm a bit of an OCD, as you can probably tell by this morning. So I just try and get the standards high. I always try and like to, to think big. You know, we're, we're a smallish club, but we've got big ambitions on and off the pitch. Starting off the little things professionally done. There's little small things in, in the day. Make sure the lads perform on the pitch, so it's just playing your part. I'm going to ask about the sweets because earlier on in this season we used to see different sweet packets on different pegs. Yeah. Now it looks like you've just got a big tub. Now is it like a free-for-all now? It's a free-for-all for now, yeah, because me and Chris Rawley do it. Um, but I've, you know, we've, we've Chris work commitments 
the last couple of months I've kind of taken over and I used to put the sweets on just randomly you know probably six packets and then some black tape and some of the lads like fizzies some of the lads like you know jelly babies or or the the strawberry laces you know some of the older lads not mentioning names Dicko and Chadders they like the licorice laces so I tend to get them if they're on offer so you know so to speak but I've always said if you know I, I treat them treat them like little lads so I'll spend the fortune on them and you know if they, they continue to win they'll you know the, the sweets will improve but if we start to lose they always say to them they'll be getting Aldi sweets for the foreseeable future so yeah and it's very quiet in here now but in a few hours time that's not going to be the, the case is it no always shouting and bantering and you know it's it's a great place to to walk in you know, and you, after the game, you know, there's this kit everywhere. I don't, I'll leave the rest to your imagination. So, yeah, the, the main thing after the game for me, we'll go into it, if, you know, later on in the days, is, is to make sure everything's collected as the best they can, um, everything's separated. And then, you know, the main thing is we've got the three points. So that's that's the, ma- the biggest aim for me and the biggest worry is starting the morning and the day correctly and in the right way to 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 mirror it onto into the changing room when dust and the lads come in so once this is done what's next on your list so I'll, I'll fill the water bottles up and then i'll put the the flags out make sure the top toilets are unlocked if ray doesn't do it in the mornings and then i'll, I'll normally take some nice photos for social media uh, i know some of the fans quite like the the artist shots from an iphone and then i'll, I'll check the socials check my own business emails and social media Check if Ken sent anything over for for the guests or committee, and then just get ready for the ready for the game. Now I've come inside to speak to Becky Young, who runs the clubhouse under the logo RL Twenty One. On a day, I'm down here at nine o'clock, getting everything sorted and prepped and ready because it's all about preparation for the unknown. Because we never know how many people we're going to get turning up, so. You've got to get ready for that. <laughs> and what are some what are your kind of first jobs that you have, have to do when you arrive here at the Cleric Stadium? So the first things that I tend to do are always switch on the turns, make sure they're filled, because they're one of the longest things to get ready. Start with that, switch on the showers so that players have hot showers later. So switch all of that on so that's all warmed up. And then just work through everything as a, as a bit of a process, make sure everything's sorted. We try and sort the room the night before so that that's all prepped and ready so that we can focus on just getting preparation for the food, etc. ready and go from there. And all morning I've seen you being going between the bar and the kitchen, all the pies yeah. as well, are they all cooked in the morning? Uh, yeah, so we start cooking pies are the longest thing that we have to cook, so they take 45 minutes to an hour to cook. We only have a little oven, like everybody does in their house. Uh, We don't have big posh commercial ones, so we can't do big batches all at once. So it's all about just prepping everything, getting all that sorted, making sure that the beers all run through so that's all fresh. Lines are always done the day before, so it's always the freshest it can possibly be. So yeah, always just going back into, and I'm here for the duration, and I never tend to stop. That's the thing, I've been amazed. You literally haven't sat down up until we're speaking now, but even now I can imagine you wanting to get back into the kitchen. Yep. What's the busiest period for you? Is it getting everything ready? Is it when the fans arrive or is it kind of the washing up and the clearing up after? So all day is a busy process. Like I say, I don't stop from the minute I arrive, but the busiest period of time is obviously 
when the fans do arrive, because obviously we like to serve everybody as quickly as we possibly can. We have systems in place to try and ensure that everybody does get served quickly. So for instance, the bar, we get everybody to queue in one line, which our fans are fantastic with and work really, really well with now. So as you're saying your order, I've got other people prepping them drinks. So as soon as you've finished your order, you pay for it, your drinks are there ready to take away. And we try and do a similar process in the kitchen, but obviously food takes a little bit longer to serve up than what pouring a pint does. So again, we have somebody on the till taking the orders. The girls at the back are prepping that as it's, as it's all being done so that we can try and make everything as swift and smooth as possible for everybody. And obviously we've seen this season, the past couple of seasons, the increase in attendances now over 600, even over 700. I'd imagine that's obviously great for business, but obviously it comes through with its challenges as well. So how have you had to kind of adapt and deal with that? Yeah, so far exceeded my expectations. We're doing, you know, doing fantastic. We've got lovely fans, even the away fans, you know, we've never really had any issues with any away fans. It's just staffing it and obviously with the facilities that we've got, we're obviously limited on, on how, what we can operate. Um, but again, it's just that planning and preparation so that we can try and flow things as soon as we can. And there's a real buzz in here, isn't there, on a match day? Yeah, I mean, the, like I say, the fans are brilliant and everybody that's coming in, fantastic crowds, everybody's always happy. It's fantastic and it makes everybody's life when we're, the, when we're busy really, really nice. So. And obviously in recent months we've seen the introduction of plastic cups. What was the thinking behind that and what was the response been like? Yeah, so plastic cups was something that we were looking into anyway as a reusable rather than uh, the single use. Um, but it is now actually a directive anyway that single use plastics are no longer to be used along with the polystyrene. We can't use polystyrene anymore so people will have seen that the packaging that they have the, the food, so we've moved on to the cardboard type trays. So all of that is something that has had to be implemented either way. But the response has been very positive. We try and always make sure we've got one, maybe two of us out there at the end of a match that might not necessarily want to come in to get the deposits back so that we try and make everyone's experience as, as good as we can. It's like me putting you on, on the spot a little bit. I love stats. So how many, on, on average, on a match day, how many pints or, or drinks, I guess, because obviously there's, there's not non-alcoholic drinks available too, do you pour on an average on a match day? It can vary so much. We could go through just one urn of water on, on hot drinks. We could go through two or three. Pints is always a difficult one to sort of judge because we're open beforehand, so we use glass prior to the match and then glass after the match. So during the match is more of it we're able to judge because obviously I know exactly how many plastic cups I've got and they won't get reused throughout the match day. They're, they're all washed and then we have to let them air dry because they get stacked. So that's a long process at the end of the match uh, when everybody's gone. Normally we do a good 500, if not more, pints. So, yeah. <laughs> In terms of pies and burgers, how many are we talking? Yep, so pies, burgers, burgers, we're probably up to about 60 on burgers and pies we probably do again about 40 pies so what do you enjoy the most about being down here on a match day 
just the atmosphere, to be honest. You know, I'm very fortunate that all of my team that I've got are, are fantastic. And without them, I wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be able to, to process the way that we do. Everybody strives under pressure, you know, thrives under it. So we're not shy of a big crowd or a big queue. We see the big queues and obviously people from an away side, if they see the queue, might go, oh my goodness. But those that regularly come will see that actually they're moving down straight away so it's not overly long for them and it's quiet now i've said the, oh I've said my the goodness. word because that, that, that word's banned isn't it in here that word is banned in here so that word is banned in most hospitality businesses to be fair so yes we, we don't ever say that word because when we do tend to say that word we tend to rather than it being nice and steady of a, of a constant flow we'll have a mass of people all arrive at the same time. We'll catch up with Becky later in the day, but now I've come back outside where Adam is now making his way around the pitch. What we're doing now is he's putting the corner flags out, which I do and then take photos and then post on socials. So it's, it's a nice, quiet, leisurely stroll around the pitch, putting the flags out in a particular order and then just making sure the, there's no holes in the netting. If there is, I'll, I'll try and tape it up the best I can or get some cable ties. Do you always walk the same way round each time? Same route, same corner flags to start, kind of the same photo angles. Yeah, it's, it's a bit OCD on a match day mornings. We're walking around now, it's just after 10 o'clock, and it's so quiet you can hear the birds chirping. Is that why you spend quite a lot of time here at the Cleric Stadium and like getting here so early is one to make sure everything's done but actually how tranquil and quiet it, it yeah is. it's it's very therapeutic for me and in my line of work we've we've run in the mind body and soul organization and some friday nights i don't get to bed till two three o'clock in the morning and then i'm here at nine o'clock nine thirty till six o'clock so it's it's self-care for me i work my socks off for for the club and the community and you know i don't really like to showcase what i do but it helps me in in my recovery and, and my self-care and you were saying as well something that I don't think any Premier League groundsman would have to check, and that's cat poo. Yeah, there is normally, you know, a few little presents from the local cat societies, and you know they leave on the in the sand. So there was one game last season, I think it was. Dave shouted me over and said, "Oh, can you help us move this?" And I was like, "You know, it's probably you know something's stuck in the in the pitch, you know, a, a flag or something like that, or a, it was a, a nice little brown present from one of our cats." So. That's a first for me. I don't, I don't see anybody else doing that in the Premiership. It's just past midday and groundsman Paul Minshall has arrived to put the finishing touches to the pitch. So what are you doing? Because I can see you've got sand, a spade, and you're throwing it down on the pitch. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just doing the, doing the lines where the linesmen run at the minute. You know, and it, it can get very, very muddy. So if you just put some sand on it, you know, it, do, it does help, you know, and it preserves the pitch down, down this touchline, really. So that's what I'm doing at the minute. And then I'll just do, uh, you know, spread... A little bit of sand again, and it, it's not normal building sand. It's sand that works well on pitches, and I'll spread spread about that around six yard boxes where you know the grass has gone a bit bare just at the minute. And I've seen that the lines are nicely painted. When did that happen? Was that this morning or was that yesterday? No, I did that yesterday, yesterday afternoon with white lime fluid, which is good stuff really. It's probably more expensive than we'd like, but uh, you know it, it does last. You know, and it, it takes a lot of rain. To wash it out completely, you know, and uh, it may fade a bit if it rains, but then it'll brighten up again as soon as it dries again. So it's 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 good stuff. How long does it take you to white line the pitch? 
I'd say white line takes because you, you mix mix the lime the, the white lime fluid with water probably 50 50 uh, and, and then to put it in the lime machine and, and walk around the pitch probably all in all is about an hour and a half not too bad not too bad which line is the most difficult well, the, th- the thing with lining is, to set it out initially at the start of the season, you have to put li- lines through with, with, a, with, with string, effectively, from one end of the pitch to the other. You know, and if, you, if you put them in straight and follow that, that's fine. If the lines, you know, when you're cutting the grass especially, because you're cutting the, the white line off then, you have to try and follow what's there. Otherwise, you're back to square one with having to line it. So all the lines, as long as you can see a line to follow... You know, the remnants of what's earth from the previous game, that's fine. But if they disappear altogether, then you've got to spend time putting line string through again, you know, maybe from, from one end of the pitch to the other on these long lines, you know, to make sure it's straight. Because there's nothing worse than somebody standing at, uh, at one end and it's slightly wavy. So, uh, but, but in terms of, you know, the ones that are most difficult, it's, it's, pro- it's probably the long lines. But say, as long as you've got something there, you know, that's not disappeared completely. You can just follow that line. Otherwise, it's more time-consuming because you've got to start stringing it through. And we've obviously had a few games at home in the last few weeks. Obviously, it's a wet time of the year as well. How's the pitch currently looking? I, th- I think it's OK, line large. It was played on midweek this week, which is, and it was a very wet night on, on Wednesday. But by and large, it's, it's, it's not too bad. I mean, if you look at the old pitches in the clubhouse, going back to, I, th- I think, they were probably 70s or 80s, photographs you know there's very little grass on the pitch you know just completely looks like a, a mud bath and you know they, I always think that you know this could be better but it's not too bad you know there's plenty of grass on it and uh, considering we've been playing on it I think pre-season started in June and we're now in January there's probably been a lot of games you know so it's yeah it's it's, it's okay so what what were you doing between now and kickoff put some of this sand down in the areas that it needs check whether there's any remnants of any you know scars on the pitch or or divots that need repairing and do that with a fork but that's probably about it now for today so yes yesterday it was uh, it was brushed um that's not manually brushed it's a, it's a brush that go, that's behind the tractor um so so it's been brushed and then it's been lined and the day before that i didn't do but one of the one of the guys that helps me out did a lot of debit repair as well so we did as much as we can following the game on Wednesday but uh, today I'll just do this sanding and I want to do the, the penalty spots I've not done them yet with, with lime fluid so yeah not, not much more than that so we're neither there today It's just after 12.30 and there's a bit more activity now as kickoff gets closer one of the next to arrive is Congleton Town player manager Richard Duffy Get you pretty early it's pretty late for me today actually caught the one but get in Get a few bits done with, with Griff, go through the team, have a mess around in the clubhouse with the lads there, watch a bit of football, have a chat. Um, and then we go into the change room at 1.40, give the team, give a little bit of information to them about our position, a little bit of what we want to do. And then, yeah, sort of leave them to it, pitter about a little bit. Griff goes out, set the warm-up up. Boys have, have their own time in there. Then everyone heads out about quarter past two for the warm-up. Did you, have you brought stuff in that perhaps you experienced as a professional player now into what, what, what the environment that you want now here at Congleton? I like everyone to just prepare for them themselves, you know, not, not everyone's the same, so it's not of, you know, you need to do this at this time, need to do that, it's sort of, they've got their own time in there and they sort of go and do what they want as long as they're ready to, to come out of quarter pass all together for the warm-up, then, then I'm happy with that. When do you kind of know your team? 
sort of through the week you, you sort of know what you're coming up against and sometimes we have a chat when we get here and you, you might fiddle about with a few different things and pretty much throughout the week and you know the way some of them train and training you sort of get a, get an idea of of which way you want to go so um yeah pretty much on on the way here we we sort of know what we're doing do you have any pre-game rituals that you have to follow no i don't know every week's different uh home and away so no as i say as long as long as we're in there for 20 to 2 we used to have quite a few lates but we've we sort of tied that one down which is which is great but yeah everyone as long as everyone's on time and then we'll, we'll crack on no messing about get it done and then uh they've got they've got 40 odd minutes themselves and how important is that time to try and just get into that zone and every, every place different like you say it's, it's got to be everyone for themselves in in a certain way it's a, it's a selfish mentality but you know it, you can't get your mate ready and you can't get you ready so um, it's uh, every man for themselves and then when, once we get out there it's it's obviously a, a, the team environment kicks in and, and everyone looks after each other. The Congleton squad are also starting to arrive. First here is Pete Williams. I like to get up early in the morning, tend to do something in the morning, proactive, go for a walk or something like that, just keep my legs moving. I have beans, scrambled egg and toast every Saturday morning before I play. Get here nice and early. Uh, watch football or something that's on the tally and then just chill out with the lads really and nothing special nothing thing just basics I suppose Do you have any pre-match rituals that you have to do pre-match? No not really I, I, I don't clean my boots that's a, and that's the only thing I've got plays with my mind I, I don't clean my boots at all which I've never done so I think when I clean them I always have a bad game so I've never done it but I think that's the only ritual I've got Saturday mornings take me to lab football it's a strange one for myself normally I have a Always done spag ball on a Friday night for food. It's just something that's stuck through the family, uh, and we've always continued with that. And then, really, I don't really eat anything on a on a Saturday before a game. To be honest with you, um, fill myself with plenty of fluids, coffee. Another one that might sound daft. I eat quite a bit of salt in the morning. I always have done, and I always will do. I think it's just something that's in my head, um, and I've, I've never really changed anything. To be honest with you, recently I get here as early as possible to get my own time, get my head space with having a little uh, a little girl at home. Um, but normally just get my own uh, head right um, sometimes have a little watch of what the gaffers put into the chat of uh, the opposition or do a little, little bit of research on what they play like um, and then just get myself mentally ready don't really believe in a good warm-up or anything to be honest with you um, I think you just get yourself in the, z- the zone from what you're feeling like on the day to be honest with you I wouldn't say I put much into it to be honest I get up pretty late for a Saturday to be honest trying to catch up on my hours after getting up for work get up have the fried eggs on bread come here do the normal I wouldn't I don't really read much into it I just kind of get on with it and go out and play yeah that's changed quite dramatically to be fair this year because obviously I've got a little one now so it's all uh, based about uh, what mood he wakes up in to be fair so he's up about six-ish so I'll get up feed him and then just have a play with him uh, as soon as he's sorted we get him uh, dressed and then off we go what do you kind of eat? Do you have a particular kind of meal that you have before every game or does it just depend what, what, what you have for that day? Uh, to be fair, it's been the same all season. It's just, like I said, it's dictated by him because he has Weetabix, so I just fire a couple of Weetabix in for myself and then that's about it. And then we, uh, I get a bit of a meal deal on the way down. Once you're here, what, what sort of things do you do? Do you just about get, get in, getting in the zone? Yeah, so straight into, into the bar where the lads are, just have a bit of a chill, like I say. I'll keep reverting back to it, just have a little play with him, uh, with me lad, and then, uh, yeah, straight into the zone, into the change rooms, and then off we go. Pre-match, I normally work in the morning, 
Um, I'm going to do a little bit of coaching and then uh, nip back home. And if we're at home, um, then I go back, have a little bit of dinner. It's normally egg sandwich or sausage and egg. And then after that, head to the ground, get here for about quarter past one, go through the fines, make sure people aren't late, do all that bit. And then, yeah, collect the money and I'm done, really. Do you any pre-game rituals at all when, you, when you're here? No, used to, as I was a kid, used to go through um, the motions, a little bit of pointing the right bit on before the left boot. But now it's just a case of, no, just, just getting on with it, really. Get the shin pads on just before we go out and, yeah, rock and roll. So there's around one and a half hours to go until kickoff now and the away team have just arrived and the match officials. They're greeted by Congleton Town Club officials including club president Steve Burgess. I tend to try get here around one o'clock, help them on the gate and look for their director so I can introduce myself and invite them in for a cup of tea and generally flirt around and if anything needs to do it. And what's it like in the in the hospitality? Because I know that the club take a lot of great pride in it. We always make them welcome and uh, we don't just plonk them in there. We sit and talk to them and ask how their season's going. Just be friendly. And that's what this club is. It's a friendly club. Back in the clubhouse and club secretary Ken Mead is sitting in the office getting all the paperwork prepared for the day, including the team sheet. But as he explains, his involvement in the match starts days before the actual match day. On match day, basically, we've already set the fixture up. So they're, they're coming. We know how they're coming, coach or cars. We know how many guests they're bringing. So everybody in the club's aware of, of what they're getting as the impact from this team arriving. Match officials have been organised as well. So now we're just getting on with the, the practicality of the day. Uh, so what I'm doing now, this very minute, I've already set up the team sheet ready to complete We'll get our team sheet off our manager, they'll do theirs. We'll swap team sheets, give that to the ref. Uh, any issues over kit, colours, etc., the referee will talk to us about and resolve. Nothing normally happens because we've sorted it in advance, so that goes smoothly. Come back in here now, input the two teams onto our own printed spreadsheet, uh, you know, team sheet, so we can put it on the wall outside, people can take a copy. So we've got the team sheets all done now. They've got to be done uh, minimum 45 minutes before the kickoff. So that's out of the way. And then we've got other parts of our organisation looking after the hospitality of the guests, etc. at half-time and, and post-match in the clubhouse for the players. So I'm not worried about all of that. My tasks then switches straight to the match where I've got to keep a complete record of, of what goes on. Goals, cautions, uh, those type of things. And it's a fairly easy day on match day unless something goes wrong, it's a fairly easy day. All the hard work, preparation is done. There's now less than 60 minutes to go and supporters have already started to come through the turnstiles. They're greeted by club volunteers Rob, Dave and Rory. With attendances now over 700, it's a busy time on the turnstiles, but there's just enough time to speak to Rory about why he volunteers. There we are. Thank you very much. Came about three or four years ago, me and my good friend Mr Carl Davies came and painted the clubhouse as a favour to Pete Proudman, who was getting on to us for about 12 months before. After that, we got very involved. Uh, we started coming down as supporters as much as anything else, but last year, Adam asked for some more volunteers. Came to a meeting and the grand total of three of us turned up for volunteers, uh, and I said I would do whatever they wanted, be it out work in the shop, or on the turnstile, and here I am. So what does a match day look like for you when you are volunteering? Well, myself and my good friend Rob, who's the senior partner in our operation, get down here by 1.30, open the turnstile, 
because of the gates have increased so much, we now have two turnstiles open by at least quarter past two. People start coming in from about 20 to 2 onwards. You get the biggest influx at about quarter to three when people come out of the pub or people are coming in with the kids. We've got so much busier that we've now got two card machines. And that's the thing, that was one of the most <laughs> common questions you get asked over the last few years is, do you do card? And the answer now is... We've embraced technology, we do cards. Yeah, but the biggest thing that you hear... When, from when we had one card machine, was it? Can you wait a little minute? We've only got one machine between us. But now, we've got one each. And how does the turnstile work? Because it's quite an, an old-fashioned turnstile, and it requires a lot of leg strength, I'd imagine. Well, not really. There's a knack to it. You put your foot on it, basically, and when somebody comes in, you take your foot off and they go through. They have to push on it. But more often than not, it becomes a little bit of a, let's say, a collision between body and turnstile when people aren't pushing at the right time or we haven't released it at the right time. And I guess for you as well, obviously there's fans that you may recognise. Obviously we've seen a lot of families, new families, new yeah. fans coming in. It must be great to kind of see them because you're the first people that they kind of see, see at the Oh, club. yeah, yeah. We, we, we try and welcome everybody that comes, you know, be, be them visiting supporters or home supporters. And, yeah, you see the same, same old faces coming through every time, which is good. How is the attendance calculated? Because obviously we, we, we hear, hear a total. Um, so how, how is the attendance total? It's, uh, it's very high tech. What we work on is the basis of... We count people in blocks of five. <laughs> so it's very, very high tech, as you can see from there. And we both have a pad each, one for each side, and that's really as far as we've got. What is it that you enjoy the most about volunteering at the club and being on the turnstile? Having a laugh with people when they come in as much as... It. The, the, the people who come regularly, they have a good laugh with them, and, and also welcoming people to come in, because at the end of the day, what we want to do is encourage as many people to come back as we possibly can do. And I think if you're quite friendly with people when they come, it's a, it's a good thing. Not far from the turnstiles, you'll likely see Amanda Wrench. Amanda has been a regular volunteer at the club in recent years and is the person to go to if you want to be in with a chance of winning the raffle. So Amanda, when did you first get involved in Congleton Town Football Club? Um, probably about seven years ago. So I started, I joined by coming to the Wednesday Club and I, my, I started actually doing the turnstiles up and I painted them all and did the yellow on the bottom. And then it's just progressed since there. So I then retired two years ago and now I can devote myself a little bit more to coming. And, and I come and watch Taron every time, every time playing, go away with them. And basically, I just love being involved with the club. I feel like it's a family and I've watched it grow as well. So over the years when I first started coming, there was only probably 200 people coming. But now you, we're getting big crowds that are coming and it's, it's really, really enjoyable to see how it's grown so much as well. Which also means lots of raffle tickets. And, and that's the role that you've mm. taken on. How did, that, how did that come about? How did you end up with the well, raffle tickets? Steve Burgess, who used to do it, um, said that he was giving it up. He, he was missing a lot of the match. And he, he goes away on cruises a lot. So he said to me, would I be interested in doing it? So I thought, I'd love to do it because... I like having a bit of banter with people and and I get recognised now so when I'm in town people are stopping me and saying what's on the raffle this week or last week I had two people donating bottles of alcohol for the raffle which is brilliant because then it means that all the raffle prize money is just for the club then and people, you know, they recognise me now and they say, hi Amanda, I'll have a ticket in a minute or I'll come back to you or I've no change. Or, 
people say to me I should have a card reader <laughs> but you know I just love doing it because I love the banter with people and it's uh, it's good for the club so what's a match day like for you so uh, you've probably seen me go around I try to go around twice so I catch as many people as I can on the gate and then I go around and I, I get I do get even more people by going around which you wouldn't have thought so because I thought I caught everybody coming in and then I do the raffles and I tear them up fold them up count them on night and then I come into the crowd and I get somebody I just pick somebody randomly to do the raffle draw for me and then I make sure that the prizes are claimed so I go around you probably see me with a board with the numbers on and now I do two prizes I do a first and second prize people come and they claim the prize off me and I ask them if they mind it going on Twitter so that people can actually see that the prize has been claimed because a lot of people say, well, we never used to know who claimed it. You know, we don't know anything about who's won it. But now people do know who's claimed it. So it's just another way. What do you enjoy the most about it? I love the fact that it feels like a, a family environment. I mean, when I was working and my husband Colin was working, we were both doing shifts work. So we could always come together. And I'd sometimes come on my own. And I felt like I was being looked after by all the supporters they knew me and I we always swap sides at each side at half time and I just feel like it's um a nice family place to be and people bring the children there's so many children coming they're our future people now bring their dogs it's just so welcoming and I, I love being part of it it's been a few hours now since we last spoke to Adam, so let's find out what he's doing, as he's now by the main stand. Since we last spoke, I've been manning the gate, so making sure that people come in have, can park have allowed, welcoming in the opponents, players and committee, and now I'm putting the VO up. So the VO is something we use so Richard and, and, and Anthony can, and the lads can, can watch over the game the week after or the day after sometime, depending on who scores. So I'll, I'll put this on record, 2 o'clock, and then I'll get a Wigan kebab. A Wigan kebab is fantastic, by the way. It's a pie with peas on a muffin. So check it out if you can. Um, so then I will go into the office with Ken, see what the teams are like, get a printed team sheet, give one to, to Richard, take a picture of it, put it on the socials for supporters, and then I'll, I'll try and get some, some spare ones to give out to like Rich Scott and Hillary. Um, and then just get ready for the game, then kick off. I'll be stood where I normally am, stood trying not to swear and just doing match updates. On the pitch, assistant manager Anthony Griffith has been laying out the cones for the warm-up. The players head out onto the pitch for the warm-up around 45 minutes before kick-off. For me, the warm-up's the sort of catalyst to the way you start a game, mentally as well, not, as, you know, not just physically. In, in my sort of career, it always got me going, the warm-up to make me, you know, psychologically switched on. So everything's done for purpose, yeah. So it's all uh, high-tempoed. A lot of detail goes into the warm-up as well. It's not just, you know, cones that are laid out and everybody's just got a football. No, it's, it's a bit more detailed than that. Um, it, it's purposeful and sort of selective in terms of parts of, and elements of the game that you're going to face. And we've been you're sitting, you're laying out the cones, and you're marking out with, with your feet. Is that the attention to detail that is needed? Yeah, I mean, if you're not specific and you don't have attention to detail, then you are just being, you know, generic and and, and pretty random in terms of what you're trying to do. But no, as I said, it's it's specific to what we're doing on a match day. Little details such as, you know, it might be possession-based game, 
but it's all linked towards the game and, and how and how we're going to you know start the match really. Three, two, one, go. The future generation have also been getting their own match day experience. Director of Senior Football Chris Rowley is with this week's Congleton Town Juniors team, who are mascots for the day. We've got our under 11s, who are mascot for the day. So we've got uh, 14 today. One, unfortunately, has got a broken leg, so he's on crutches. But um, yeah, they're down for today's um, to be today's mascots, and yeah, we're just looking after them, giving them a bit of fun, and just making sure they enjoy the experience. Uh, and sort of cement that relationship we've got with the with the juniors. How know, important that, is it to have that? Connection? Massively. I think it, it, it's it would be easy to underestimate, but I, I think it's it's critical. I mean, the young people of the town are the ones that we're really trying to target. You know, to come into the club and boost the numbers, and they're they're tomorrow's generation, tomorrow's players, or even supporters in some cases. They usually turn up on a match day two o'clock uh, with all the parents. Uh, which is lovely to see and we try and get them in a, a changing room tour so when all the lads are in there of course when they're decent uh, they go in high fives give them a little team talk and um, score predictions and then if the weather's okay we'll get them out on the pitch do a few drills with them and then they walk out with a team and yeah it's amazing I mean if you asked me sort of two years ago when we did this, nobody knew any of the players. They were just turning up for a day out and a bit of fun, which is, you know, still the same now. But as soon as they get here, can I meet Ethan? Can I meet Tom? Can I, you know, and they actually know all the players and they're almost idolising them, which is, which is lovely to see. It's now around 2.45 and as the players head back into the dressing room, the countdown to kick-off continues. Well, it's a very good afternoon and a big welcome to the Coric Stadium the home of Congleton Town Football Club. That's Simon Richards, the voice of the Cleric Stadium. So Simon, when did you first get involved in Congleton Town Football Club? Probably 2012, under the old committee. There was a thing in the local paper about um, support your local club and we'll have a meeting. I came down, I was the only one who turned up. I joined the committee and then went from there really. You know, I've done a lot of uh, public speaking, well, I've been in the RAF for 22 years and um, you know, I like doing the mic and doing that, you know, putting my voice forward on them um, to local people. And you become known as the voice of the Cleric Stadium. How did that first come about? As I say, when I first joined the club, I said, how can I help? With my public speaking, it was, um, you know, I said, I can do the tannoy for you um, and go from there. And I've been on, obviously, like since then, it's built up, gone on local radio stations. On, I've been on Silk FM with Mike Wayne on Silk Soccer Saturday. I've also been on the Moorlands Radio. So, yeah, projecting the club and its image and uh, all the people out there listening, hope uh, they like listening to me. Do you have to do some sort of prep before each match day? I do. I've got a notebook and it's got that on my third pad now. I mean, it's all right trying to remember it, but when people are talking to you, you can throw you off track. So I write it down and sort of go that way, really, just in case um, I get sidetracked. I just want to do my best. And I think in, in doing the preparation shows that I try and do my best for the supporters, the team and the lo- local community. And in terms of the playlist, is the, the soundtrack of the Cleric Stadium, is that your own personal playlist? Or do you create one especially for the Congleton Games? Yeah, I have done a, one on my phone all the good songs that people like to sort of hear at football matches so I just put it on shuffle and let them do the work How does that differ to your usual playlist that you might listen to at home or in the car? Um, not really I like all sort of music you know from Pavarotti to rock, rock music so yeah I can listen to anything and um, I just love music in general 
And also, if you could have one artist or one album to play at the Clerics' Stadium, what track would you pick or what artist would you pick? That's a very good question. So many. I'd have to go bat out of hell. And finally, you always seem to end by any announcement that you make with Come on the Bears. Is that something that you, that you kind of always want to show that bit of support for the team? Exactly. I just like, that's my saying, you know, G up the team, G up the supporters, get behind the team, come on your Bears. As I say, when I do my spiel before the game, a 10 minute spiel, and um, read the teams out, and then I'll read the teams out again before they before the actual kickoff. You know, let's get behind the teams. Come on, you bears! Trying to get everyone going, even the players, if they can hear me on the pitch. Many thanks go out to all of our supporters with your fantastic support, being the Bears' 12th man, and rowing us on to victory. We truly have a great support at this club. Proud to be a bear. Now it's time for Simon to introduce the players as the two teams head out onto the pitch. Darren Chadwick leads the Bears in front of the main stand for the pre-match formalities. Then after all the preparation, it's over to the players. Full time and it was a free or draw. A late equaliser for Tiverdale after Congleton Town had been 3-0 up. Congleton continued their unbeaten run and the Bears still remain top of the table. After speaking to the team, it's then out to face the media for Richard Duffy. Obviously disappointing, disappointing performance. I think, well, I mean, the first 20 minutes was probably the, the best we played for a long time at home, especially. Scored three really good goals and then uh, <laughs> turn of the switch and, um, yeah, 3-3. So, disappointed, but listen, it's a good standard we've set our own. The disappointment will be there for a couple of days, of course, but, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to pick ourselves up, which we all, and, and move on quickly. What changed? What changed around that, that, that the half hour mark when they got that first goal? What changed? Uh, momentum. Momentum. Um, just a mindset of panic, maybe. It took, I mean, they happened so quickly, the two goals. It must have been two minutes with, within the two goals. Obviously, going in a 3 2, we're winning the game, but their, their, their mindset is, is sky high and we're on the floor. So. We tried to pick them up at half time uh, to go back out, uh, even though we're winning 3 2. And, you know, they, they won much in the game. Did, did my changes put us in a defensive mindset, possibly towards the end? But I felt, I felt you know, they, they were putting pressure on. I felt that, you know, they looked like scoring. So we, tr we tried to shore it up, which we did. I, I don't think they looked like scoring. And then somehow I'm not, I'm not sure how, how the cross has gone in on the back stick. No one's taking charge. I'm not, I'm not sure, to be honest. Just. Like a leadership towards the end, but listen, it is what it is, and, and we move on. The fact that we had won every game, we're still unbeaten at, at home in the league this season. Do you think that says a lot about the, the, the mindset about of the of the team that we are? There's a little bit of dis, 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 disappointment because we only got a point. Three 0 up, I'm sure any team in the country to draw three three is, is disappointing. So anyone's going to be disappointed. Three 0 up, cruising in the game in full control to, to draw three all is it's a major disappointment. It's, it's not getting away from that. I'm not going to butter her up and say we're, we're happy with the point and we're disappointed. Of course, but it is what it is. It's, you know, we can't change it now. It's, you know, I'll have a look back at the video, and you know, there'll be lots of lots of learning points today, and, and hopefully we, we can learn from that. Because the three goals that you, you scored were well worked, um, and I, I guess they're, they're the three good goals. And I think we need to talk about them as well. No, definitely. As I said, first twenty minutes, first half hour, I thought it was the best we we've passed the ball, you know, for a long time at home. You know, they didn't come in and come here and sit in. Um, they've had a go as well, and that's probably helped us a little bit. Um, and yeah, the three goals we scored were, were great. We, we got some other chances as well, and um, yeah, in full control. And then obviously, just just the two goals we give away, you know, on the half hour mark was so poor. On our half, obviously, good goals on the, on their on their half, but our 
from our point of view so poor, but we'll learn from it. We have to learn from it. We have to move on quickly. And you mentioned you've got to move on quickly. Next weekend, it's Utox to town, away from home. And I guess it's just about taking the home form that we have had now into this block of kind of away games. Yeah, three three league games away from home on a, in you know three Saturdays. So you know another big test for us. Utox is a tough team to play. We we played them early in the season and we done really well. Had a good result. But you know they'll they'll be a different different team, especially at home. And you know another big game. And then obviously we've been doing the match day behind the scenes. What do you do after a match now? speak to you <laughs> uh, do the press obviously go in debrief with the lads of, of the game win, lose or draw you know we try and try and get a few things out there obviously a few things off people's chests and the disappointment in there at, at the minute is enormous which which you can imagine And so yeah obviously come and do the press nip into the bar have a quick pint um, have a chat with some fans family and, and, and the lads and, and yeah, slowly move on slowly move on to uh, kind of Chinese probably but then already, to tomorrow, you're already thinking about the next game and actually watching this game back. doesn't stop. No, Adam will probably send it over tonight. I'll probably just be nodding off about 11 o'clock and you'll he'll, he'll fire it through once it's downloaded. So I'll watch that tomorrow at some point, if I can bear it. <laughs> um, yeah, so get that watched, have a look at it and uh, hopefully pick up some, some things we can um, get better at. I think it was 763 were here. I think it's the highest attendance at home this season. They just keep on getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, I'm not sure what they'll think about that to be honest. But um, for the neutral, it was it was um, it was it was fun. Obviously, six goals, end to end stuff towards the end. So yeah, you know, the, for the new fans who are coming, then uh, hopefully they've they've had enough entertainment to come back. And, and the ones who have been here all season and backed us, then um, you know we, we thank them again. Club secretary Ken Mead has the important job of submitting a result and making it all official. As soon as the match is over, we instantly the game is over. We have a text already sent to us that we have to reply and give the score and the attendance. If we're the home side, if we're the away side, we just have to com- confirm the score. But if you're at home, you've got to do the attendance as well. That's that done. Then I send another one off to the MFL results, a bit more detail, not just the score, but the scorers and the times. And that executes the information as far as the league is concerned. We make sure the referee gets his, his pay. As soon as I can, it normally be, if we're away, it will be a Sunday. Sometimes it's Saturday night. I'll go on to the full-time, FA full-time app and fill in all the details for our team, who took part, who was substitutes when, who was cautioned when, who scored when, and pick their man of the match. If you don't do that, you get fined. So it's another, you know, you have to do that. But you've got three days to do that. But I prefer to do it either the same day or the following day on the Sunday. And then switch over to the next match. I sit in my little office after the game, updating my records, the results, the scorers, the league table, etc. But the league table is, is updated on full time. As soon as our result goes in, it updates the league table. So as soon as the last result of the day gets fed in by the clubs, that league table at, say, about 5.30, 6 o'clock is what it's going to be. So we can see how we're progressing. Within minutes of the final whistle sounding, the volunteer team have already sprung into action. So Adam, you're here now loading up the washing machine. What's happened now between the full-time whistle blowing and what, what are you doing now? So what I do after the full-time whistle is I'll collect some of the flags and then I'll um, take down the, the VO and turn it off, put the stand in the changing rooms ready for the next game. Then I'll give the lads a couple of minutes to wind down, discuss the, the result and the performance. Then I'll go into the changing rooms we then look at separating the kit and making sure everything's there and ready for collection tomorrow. So I bag it up. Just going to put in the training tops in the wash and then tomorrow morning I'll put them in a dryer 
uh, empty the water bottles and then go and have a Coke Zero. It's been a, it's been a long day from, from half past nine, ten o'clock here. You're, you're still here and all. Thank you for coming down and, and just seeing what the football fairies get up to during a match day. Before we go, let's catch up with Becky in the clubhouse. With only a few supporters left, it's now a bit quieter for Becky and her team. Can I say that word now? You can now, because we've finished. How's today been? Uh, yeah, today's gone well. You know, fantastic crowds coming through again. Everybody's been very supportive. We've tried to flow as quickly as we possibly could today. We are looking at other avenues to get everything out quicker, but that's probably going to be more for next season. But we have got something hopefully in the pipeline coming up. It's been fantastic, brilliant crowds. Not a bad result. Would have been nice if we would have had the win, but there we go. So, yeah. So what happens after the final whistle is, but obviously a lot of the fans come into here. You've yep. also got the added complication this evening of a, a private function as well, so it's even more work for you. Yep. So what sort of happens post-match? So post-match, all of the players uh, have food as well. Uh, so they all come into the clubhouse, which is nice. All the fans get to chat with them. And then now for us, it would normally be, if we didn't have a function, clean-up process still here until about 11 o'clock normally, even if we didn't have a function in. But because we've got the function in tonight, it's a quick clear up with everybody hands on deck. So the whole room's relayed out as as required for this evening. Everywhere's cleaned and refreshed. Um, and then we start again for this evening. <laughs> Hold on. And you mentioned about the players' meals. What sort of things do you give them post-match? Uh, so they tend to have chips, curry sauce, peas or gravy. That's it from here at the Cleric Stadium. A huge thank you to everyone who makes the match days happen and making it such an enjoyable experience for everyone involved in the Bears. It's March before the men's first team are back at the Cleric Stadium with a run of away game starting on Saturday when the Bears travel to Utoxeter Town. They're then away at Shifnal Town next Tuesday in the Midland League Cup quarter-finals. The reserves are at home to top of the table Parklands on Saturday. The ladies' first team are away at Nantwich Town on Sunday, while the reserves are at home to Frodsham on the same day. Thank you as always for the support and thank you for listening to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. Go!